Well, hello. Welcome back to Habit Helps, a podcast of Creekside Community Church in San Leandro, California, where we talk about how habits build you and about how you can build better habits. My name is Jeff Bruce. I'm one of the pastors here. I'm joined today by an underrated flautist. <laughs> he also happens to be a pastor at Creekside, and that's my dad, flute performance and composition major, Long Beach State, John Bruce. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was more general than that. I think that was find something that you can teach and major in that. Okay. <laughs> so, Dad, I feel like I've had an impression of you, and maybe it was wrong. You did not aspire to be a great flautist. Then that wasn't the the dream. No, that was never the dream. Okay. Flute was just happened to be the instrument I I was given as a young boy, and uh, yeah. I, I love my I love my uh, ruts, so I got in a rut and stayed in it. <laughs> I love my ruts, and that really gets to the point of this podcast: it the does. power of habits. The power of, of ruts, or for habits. good or ill. <laughs> yes. the power of ruts. Yes. So um, maybe we'll do a rebrand. But uh, <laughs> how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. 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 Well, today we're going to wrap up our four part series on the practice of prayer. Prayer is vital to the Christian life. It's fundamental to our fellowship with God. In fact, it's hard to imagine what fellowship with God would even be mm. apart from prayer. And yet I find that uh, every Christian finds prayer somewhat challenging and even unnatural. And so how do you pray? And how do you pray more consistently? Those are the questions that we've been trying to answer. In Scripture, we find at least four different ways to pray. You have adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. And if you put those together, you get the acronym ACTS, A-C-T-S, ACTS. So we've talked about the first three letters, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and today we cap off the series with the word supplication. Now, Dad, first question I have, when was the last time you used the word supplication in a sentence? Right now. Right now. <laughs> you haven't used it yet, though. No. No, we don't. Uh, that's not... It, it's a great S. It is a great S, and I feel empathy for whoever created the acronym. As a pastor, yes. I have used, <laughs> forced, maybe, yes. words to create alliteration and an acronym. So I understand that. And, and personally, I like the word supplication. I really like the word supplicant. That is just a satisfying <laughs> word to say, the nominal form of supplication. Yes. Uh, you should put that on a wine label. You know, the 2014 Grenache is vigorous and earthy and, and supplicant. That just, <laughs> that'll sell. <laughs> All that to say, supplication is not a word that people use really ever. Right. Uh, so, so what is supplication? I, it's just asking for what you need. Asking specific, asking guys. I think it's what pe most people, when they think of prayer, they would pick supplication as the as the primary thing they're doing when they pray. They're they're bringing their needs or their desires to God and asking Him to to fulfill them. Yeah. Yeah, I would say prayer is the synonym we use, and for most people, when they think of prayer, they don't really think about the A, the C, or the T. Right. But the S. Right. Which is why we've started with the other ones. Yes. And why the acronym starts there, I think, yeah. uh, to show that prayer is much bigger exactly. in the Bible than, than this. Exactly. Uh, and, and yet, this is core to what prayer is. It's asking God for things. Right. And, and so, Dad, I think 
the million dollar theological question that often comes up for people here is we're asking God for things and the scriptures say you have not because you've asked not. And I think maybe the dilemma in people's mind is, okay, well, God knows everything. God knows the future. God works all things according to the purpose of his will. And he's sovereign. He's going to accomplish his purposes one way or the other. And, and the, the purposes of God aren't ultimately dependent on me. He's going to do what he's going to do in an ultimate sense. So if all that's the case, why, why pray? Well, what am I actually doing or accomplishing when I ask God for things? That's a good question. I think that's one of the main reasons that people don't pray, mm-hmm. because they don't believe prayer really affects anything. That if you happen to pray for something that God was going to do anyway, it, uh, it, it looks like he answered your prayer. But God has already decided what he's going to do, mm-hmm. and your prayers cannot really change that at all. And that's not Christianity, that's fatalism. Yeah. Um, and I, I, the way I think of it is, is I, James says, you have not because you ask not. And to me, what that means is there are certain things that God will never do, no matter how much you ask him. And there are certain things God's going to do whether we ask him to do them or not in his sovereign will and plan. But there's a whole range of things that God will only do if he's asked in faith. And and I think that fatalism really deprives us of seeing what God can do in our lives. Yeah, it's a misunderstanding of sovereignty. And I say that as someone with a very high view of sovereignty. Yeah. Uh, on the free will sovereignty pendulum, I'm definitely a sovereignty guy yeah. in my theology. But I would say that the point to remember here is that God doesn't just ordain the ends he wants to accomplish. He ordains the means by which he wants to accomplish them. Yeah. Right? Which, which means God wants to work in the world, and he's ordained that part of what he does, he does in response to prayer. Yeah. That's, that's part of the means by which he works. And it gets down to the, the fundamental idea that God has a covenant with us, right? That God um, initiates a re- relationship with humanity where there are terms to the covenant on both sides. And the point, the reason God does that is because he wants to make us participants in his mission. I mean, he wants to be. He wants to have a relationship with us. That's why yeah. he has a covenant, but also to make us participants in what he wants to do exactly in the world. And and so he will lay out the terms of the covenant and how he wants us to cooperate with him. And this is all part of God's sovereign decree, right? That that he wants to to initiate this kind of relationship. We didn't come up with the terms of the covenant. No, he did. And yet, you see throughout the Bible that God has ordained this arrangement in which. He is responsive to the prayers of his people. Uh, and so he'll say things like, if you sin, I will bring judgment. But if you repent and cry out, I will relent of what I was going to do. And, and you see that with Moses and with other yeah. intermediaries throughout the Bible, that yeah. their persistent prayers, God responds to them. And that doesn't undermine sovereignty. That's actually a part of God's plan and his arrangement. Yeah. So I would just say at a 30,000 view, foot view, it's important not to pit sovereignty against that. Because... As you say, when we do that, we we go beyond what the Bible says <laughs> yeah. about sovereignty and lapse into a kind of fatalism yeah. where we really take the punch out of all the biblical promises and commands related to prayer or obedience or evangelism or anything that requires our active participation. Right. Now, if you look at the book of Job and, and Satan and, and God's discussion that kind of sets off the whole story, God seems to be glorified most 
when we, as a free act of our will, choose to obey him. He, he created us with free will. Mm-hmm. And so exercising our will, exercising our choices, seems to be necessary to fulfill our, our created purpose. He didn't create us to be robots. He cre- now, and, and the glory of God is that he can achieve his will while letting us have that freedom of will. Yeah. Yeah, I think... I think what you could say, I, I don't, I don't want this to become a, a philosophical excursus on the, <laughs> on the nature of free will and all of those things. But yeah, that that the, the sovereignty of God in Scripture is never put in opposition to our responsibility in such right. a way that we aren't accountable for our right. actions. That, right, and, and that's important to to keep in mind here. And so, what that means is there's incredible blessings that we can discover through persistent prayer, right. asking, and they're only available. If we do it, yeah, just like the blessings of, of obedience in general in this life, yeah, are only ours with our active cooperation, and the same goes for exactly for for prayer, yeah, yeah. So, so what are your thoughts then on just petition more generally? Um, I, I don't, I have a few follow ups, but yeah, I I think um, the, if you, you have this this discrepancy where God promises all things you ask believing. Mm-hmm. I'll do. So you have this virtually a blank check that God uh, offers when it comes to prayer, and yet we don't pray. And so the question is, why is prayer so difficult for us to do? And I think there's several reasons. Yeah. One is, uh, we don't think we need God's help. I mean, is that we think we can handle life on our own. We don't really, unless it's an extreme situation, we can handle it. I think, and I think just our prayerlessness is a, is, is a evidence of our sin, of just our independence. I think secondly, it's unbelief that we don't believe that God will do it, that, that we've, again, it kind of flows from the independence thing. Mm-hmm. And, but I think one of the other big reasons is we're just blind to what we need. And, and, I, I think of it, if, if you had an appointment with the richest man in the world, and you knew you could ask him for any one thing, and he would give it to you other than cash, mm-hmm. you know, what would you do? Well, you would study and prepare, and what is the best way I can use this single choice? Uh, what's going to do the most good? And yet we have a much bigger promise with God than that, and and it's available to us all the time. And yet most people really don't sit down and think, well, what do I need God to do? What is it that I want God to do? And so we just kind of float in to prayer every day and without much thought or planning in advance of what do I need God to do today? What do I need God to do in my family? What do I need God to do in my job? What do I need God to do in my relationship with him? What All these things. And so because we don't have a clear list of requests, we, we, for, we don't have anything to pray about. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just, and we're depriving ourselves of so much, I think, that God would do for us if we would just ask him. Yeah. And to your point, you wouldn't ask him for cash. You'd ask him for crypto. <laughs> That's, sorry. But yes. But, I, you, but you'd have to do some research to know to that. You'd have to do some research on what crypto to, yeah, put, uh, to ask him for. No, I, I think that point is really good that, that, you know, you have not because you ask not, James says. But he goes on to talk about evil motives and these things. The reality is to, to really be honest with God about what we want requires us to be honest with ourselves. Yes. And yes. what we actually want most in life. Um, because you can sort of 
formulaically pray for the right things, but what do you really want? What's yeah. your really desire? Do you really want God to grow you in holiness? Because it's going to be an uncomfortable process. Um, and I think that gets back to, to what James says in um, chapter 1 of the letter, where he talks about, if anyone of you lacks wisdom, ask God who gives richly, but don't be double-minded, he goes on yeah. to say. And the double-mindedness is, we think we want God to do things in our life, but when we, when we think about the implications of what it would mean, um, they can be uncomfortable. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. You know, to pray the Lord's will sincerely, your kingdom come, your will be done, implies that it's going to come and be done in your life. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I think that is one reason we don't pray honestly. It's just because we never grapple with what we actually want. And I think yeah. that's a great, a great point. And that honest petitionary prayer uh, really requires us. Yeah. To, to be honest with ourselves. Yeah. Was it Lewis who said our problem is not that our, that we want too much, but that we want too little? It's that our desires are not too strong, but too weak. Yeah. We're half-hearted. Exactly. And we're half-hearted toward the things of God as well. We don't have a taste for, for, for God's will. Yeah. And, and so we still sort of want worldliness over here, too. Yeah. And, and, yeah. that, and that'll um, sabotage our prayer lives. And, yeah. Well, I know what, one of the best things I've done is to record my prayers keep them, write them all down and stuff like that, and then go back over them, because most of them are more long-term requests uh, for my, my own soul, for my family, for our church, uh, for, and, and, I've, and, and there's nothing, very few things I can think of that I've prayed for persistently that God hasn't done. Yeah. Um, any, any good in my life, I would say, has been in res- God's goodness in response to specific prayer. Um, that he he really does answer. I mean, he he and and the older I've gotten, the more convinced I've become that the only reason I don't have something is because I really haven't prayed for it. I really haven't taken it to God. Yeah, and I think that gets to another reason why God sets up this arrangement with petition, because it's not just petition in the Bible; it's persistent petition. Yeah. Um, that that we ask and keep asking right. and keep seeking. And, and when we are convinced that these are things that, that are according to God's revealed will and that will advance God's kingdom and be pleasing to God and a true blessing to us, we don't stop asking. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think the reason we have to persist is, is all about our own faith, right? And, 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 and that our faith grows through resistance yeah. In a sense that we have to keep seeking, keep petitioning, because that reveals what we really want most. Exactly. No, real faith is lasting faith. Um, I think that's the theme of the book of Hebrews. And that's why patience and continually coming and waiting on God and, and continuing to pursue him is so essential to answer prayer. Prayer is the training ground. It's the gym where we learn uh, where we develop persistent faith. Um, and that's why Jesus talks so much about persistence in prayer as an essential uh, for having it answered. Keep asking, and you'll receive. Keep seeking, and you'll find. Keep knocking, and the door will be opened. And, and I think part of the reason we don't persist is because we're just not very desperate for God to do anything in yeah. our lives. Yeah. And I would challenge people... I think in our culture, often the sign of holiness in prayer is resignation. That, well, you know, I, I pray these things, but your will be done. And your will means sort of, well, you can do what you want, God, so this doesn't. 
and, and that's not necessarily a bad thing to pray, but it's almost this idea that the, the thing I want, it doesn't really matter. As opposed to in the Bible, no, this thing is I'm desperate for it. Yeah, yeah. And until you give me a clear answer, I'm going to keep asking. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and that might strike people as, as odd or maybe a little uncomfortable, but I think that is the, that, that is the sign of true faith, that, that I really trust that you're the only one who could give this to me. Yeah. And, and so I'm going to keep coming to you again and again. And I think of what P.T. Forsyth said in his classic, The Soul of Prayer. He said, the popularity of much acquiescence in prayer is not because it is holier, but because it is easier. Yeah, yeah. The idea of kind of asking and then thinking you hear a no, and then, okay, I'm not going to ask anymore. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. that's exactly right. And I would just challenge people, look at the models of prayer in the Bible, from Abraham to, to Jacob to Moses to Ezekiel to the Syrophoenician woman with Jesus who keeps coming <laughs> to the parables Jesus tells. The common denominator is a stubborn persistence yeah. in their coming to God. Um, because, like you said, we are dependent. And my children have no problem coming to me again and again. Yeah. Because there's certain things only I can give them. Yeah. Yeah. Now, sometimes I say no, but I don't fault them for coming to me. Exactly. Because I'm their dad. Yeah. And how much more should we be persistent in coming to God? Exactly. And so I would just challenge people to rethink their own view of prayer in this, that, that faith looks much more bold and assertive and persistent and it's only through doing that that we learn either A, actually my prayer is selfish and I should stop praying it, or B, to grow my faith to see God answer it, right? Exactly. Exactly. No, I, I think the great tragedy will be to get to heaven and God say, here's all the things I would have done if you would have asked me. But you didn't ask. And, and just see what we could have accomplished in our lives versus what we actually accomplished simply because... We, as you say, acquiesced and kind of accepted far less than we should have accepted because we didn't want our faith challenged. Yeah, and, and that's really it. That that's the gut check is yeah. is um, do I believe that only God can ultimately bring this about, or is my competence, my will, my power, my effort going to be the thing that accomplishes it? Right, right. Our will this affect you know if 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 God says no to this, will this hurt my faith? Yeah. Um, well, why should it? Right. I mean, you already acknowledge God is good and he's all wise. And if he says no to something, well, okay, he knew better. But I'd rather have him say no to it because he has a better plan than the fact that I just gave up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think this too comes back to the formative nature of prayer that the things we pray for persistently do shape us. Yes into the kind of people who live for those things. Yeah. And so if you make a habit of praying these things persistently, you're much more likely to be the kind of person who pursues them in your everyday yeah. life. Yeah. Because they're shaping your affections, your desires, everything else. Right. And and so again, it's 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 um it has a transformative effect on you, even just the process of praying and yielding these things to God. Yeah. Because the minute you ask God for it, in a sense, you are giving up your unilateral right to get that thing on your own, yeah. right? That I, I have to submit to God's way of getting this thing. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I'm asking him. Exactly. And I think, you know, 
asking myself, if I can't believe that God is going to do something, why can't I believe it? What, what, is, what, is, the, what is holding me back on this thing? Yeah. Because that forces me to look at my own heart and maybe look at, well, maybe this is more of a selfish thing that I really can't expect God to jump on board because it's, this is more my plan. This is more my will. I remember uh, when I was leading crew back at Cal, one time I had the crazy idea with it. It just seemed to be to be so inefficient to have all the different campus ministries on campus all doing their own thing. That would be much better if we were all one big organization. They were all doing your thing. And they were all doing my thing. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and I prayed for that once. <laughs> and I and I thought, you know, I, I don't think I can believe God to do that. Well, why can't I? And And I began to realize this isn't about getting the gospel out. This isn't when, about winning people to Christ. This is about me being one to, one to be a big fish and stuff like that. And God's not going to honor that. But it's just the going through that process of why can't I expect God to do it was really good for me because it, it, it brought up bad motives and selfishness uh, in something that on the surface looked like it was for God, but when it really wasn't. And so I think by having an active prayer life, it makes you... Uh, Look at your motives. Look at your heart and see why you're asking for something. And if I'm asking for something, but I can't really expect God, I'm not really expecting God to do it. Well, why not? What's right. what's holding me back? Yeah, and, and it gets to your point that that only through persistence and, and and the boldness of asking do you see your own heart clearly. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I think of in my own life, I don't I don't ask for a big church because um, for me, I know what that's bound up with, and it's. I, a crowd is is strokes my own ego, and it's fun to have more money as a church. Yeah, and and if it's about money and a crowd, then then I know that I'm not asking. Yeah, um, according to the will of God, so I don't exactly. ask for that. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I ask for God to make us the size we need to be to be most effective. Yeah, in multiplying disciples. But uh, yeah, that's but, good. But that's it. That's good. I, I I don't think I can ask for anything more than that with no. good motives. So, right. That's yeah. good. Good. Well, we've talked or touched on a few of the how-tos. You'd mentioned writing prayers. Um, you talked about praying until you get an answer. Um, mm-hmm. We've touched on that a little bit, but do you want to expand on those or add more thoughts on just practically how do you grow in um, supplicam, supplic, supplicating? Suppl- supplication. Yeah. <laughs> In supplication. I think that there is a, a place for planned daily prayer, and there's also a, a place for spontaneous prayer. And we shouldn't set one against the other, because uh, if you focus only on spontaneous prayer, then your prayer request will always be very immediate things. Please turn that light green by the time I get there. You know, it's just not real. There's a place for that. But there are bigger issues than what I will pray for spontaneously. On the other hand, uh, my tendency more is to spend time in prayer with the Lord and then forget about prayer for the rest of the day yeah. and not pray without ceasing. And and so there's, I think you've, there's a balance there of, of both praying for the big stuff on a regular basis in a disciplined way, but then praying throughout the day for the things that just cross your cross your path. Yeah. Yeah, and I would add to that, um, if you want to grow in spontaneous prayer, grow in planned prayer. Yeah. Don't start with spontaneous. Yeah. Um, 
again, this is a discipline podcast, but start with, I'm going to pray for 15 minutes a day Yeah. and set aside time to, to do that. And, uh, I find writing my requests to be very helpful because yeah. I can go back to them and pray them again. And uh, I think there's a reason Jesus gave us a template in the Lord's Prayer for here are the categories of prayer to pray through. And even using that as a, a template and, and kind of specifying requests under the different headings, right? Your kingdom come, your will be done. Okay, what, what do I want to see God do in the world? What do I want to see God do in the nation, in our, in our city, right? In our neighborhood. And that's kind of, you can work through those. And then um, you can take the other stanzas, I guess, of the prayer and, and do a similar thing. But but that kind of structure has been helpful to me, just yeah. in a way of disciplining my prayer, because Jesus wouldn't have given us a template if he thought we could just spontaneously pray yeah. um, effectively. Yeah. You, you need a disciplined time, right? But then also the the lifelong goal is the, exactly. is the constant communion of, of bringing all your requests to God all the time. Yes, exactly. I think another thing is to to see prayer as a preventative rather than as a solution. Um, in other words, rather than waiting for a problem and then praying about it, pray in advance as you look at, okay, my family is really important to me, so what do I need to pray for my children? What do I need to pray for my wife? What do I need to pray for our family to prevent problems from developing and be active in prayer for that? And I, I see that's what... Job does. In, in Job 1, he prays every day for his family, that lest any of them would sin, and, and ask God to put a hedge of protection around them. And so I think that motivates prayer by seeing it's something I am, I am getting out ahead of events, rather than waiting for something bad to happen and then praying about that. Um, it's just like health. You're, you're a lot better focusing on preventive health care than you are about uh, re- restorative health care. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. Yeah. And it's a challenge because I think w- I don't do a good job of leading groups in this, but often we say, okay, time for prayer requests. It's here's a bad thing that happened. Pray about it. Yeah, exactly. Is, is, is what we resort to, what I resort to. Yeah. Versus here's what's coming and here's where I need the Lord's strength, protection, wisdom. Yeah. And, and, and it's uh, it's preventative healthcare versus uh, yeah right um, and I think invasive the, surgery exactly yeah. and and the thing that to do in that is to always pray your priorities mm-hmm. I mean you think about what are the most important things for me well number one is my relationship with God so I'm going to pray about that every day yeah. not just when I'm feeling a little distant from God or or I've I've really sinned and so I need I need to find my way back or anything like that you do but to really be thinking uh, where am I today, where am I likely to run into to temptations and stuff like that? And where do I need to grow right now in my relationship with God? My family, our church, our nation, all these things is to be praying proactively rather than reactively. Yeah. And and it makes me think of Paul's words in Ephesians 6 about spiritual warfare. Yeah. And I mean, the the, if you boil down the weapons and what they are, it's knowing the scripture in prayer. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that, that's actually what the weapons are. And, but it strikes me that the reason for spiritual warfare or the need for protection, he says, is that uh, we have to stand against the schemes or the strategies of the devil. So the devil has strategies. And then he talks about withstanding in the evil day. So what is the evil day in the believer's life? Well, Satan hates you and has a terrible plan for your life. He's scheming against you. He's thinking about your future. Exactly. Even if you're not. Yeah. 
and, and he is laying traps. He is creating strategies to catch you yeah, and to lure you into sin, to unbelief, to all of these things. Now, if Satan is thinking about your future, how much more do you need to be thinking about your future exactly. in the way you pray? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think, what it means to put on the armor of God is that you are already prayed up when those things come. Exactly. No, it's, it's lead us not in temptation, into temptation, but deliver us from evil. It's, yeah, from the evil one. Yeah, from the evil one. It's, it's look at, not waiting till you're attacked and then yelling help uh, on the third time down, but, but it's rather looking ahead and, okay, here are the, here are the things I face today. Here are the things we face this week or whatever. And, and to have God's protection for those things. Right his guidance for those things in advance, and you you save yourselves a world of hurt if you do that. That's good. So write things down. Start with that disciplined time. Even if it's short, yeah. disciplined time, write them down. Pray proactively rather than reactively. Uh, any other thoughts uh, you found in just growing in the discipline of, of petition? I think just, again, it it is... Being in the presence of God that is the ultimate motivator for prayer. It's not getting stuff. And and the stuff that we need just becomes a convenient motivator to come to God with it. But you keep the relationship with God is really the heart of it. It's the core of being with him and receiving his grace yeah. is what is what keeps you in prayer, not your list of requests for the day. Yeah. That's good. I would say, too, and we haven't touched on this yet, petition is not just praying for ourselves, it's praying for others. Yeah. And um, intercession is a great way to get us out of ourselves. Yeah. And teach us to be concerned about others. And there's a ton we could say about that. It's kind of another podcast episode. But one thing I would just say really practically, something I do, I fail to do often, but when someone brings a prayer request, pray for them. Don't say, I'll pray for you. (laughs) Um, It's just something I try to do because it... I think what I found is when I say I'll pray for you about something, often a I don't do it, and forget to, or or b I almost treat it like whatever the concern is. It, the most important thing we can do is not to pray about it. When the rest, you know what I mean? It's like there there will be a better time some other time to pray. You see what I'm saying? And and I just think I think about what Paul says in in uh, Philippians four: Do not be anxious about it. Every, about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests known to be God. And so the implication of what Paul says there seems to be this, that the moment of anxiety, the moment of distress, is also the moment of prayer. Yeah. So when somebody says, will you pray for me, you say, I just did. Yeah, you could say that as well. Yeah. I just did. Yeah, because in other words, rather relying on my very faulty memory to remember to pray for somebody... um, it's, I find it's just easier to just pray for him in that instant. Yeah. Um, yep. That's good. So, yeah, take things to prayer immediately. Yeah. Um, yeah. When you're interceding for others. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's good. Another helpful reminder for me is just uh, in terms of communion with God is that anxiety is the trigger to pray. Mm, that's good. That's that's what Paul is teaching. It's a reminder. Yeah. It's That's the reminder. <laughs> That yeah. when I'm anxious or troubled, that's when I cast the care. Here's the care I got to cast it. Exactly. Because if I don't cast it, I'll I'll carry it. Yeah. And it, and it gets bigger. Yeah. 
it gets uh it gets heavier and uh jackie hill perry had this great quote she said if you can spend time thinking you can spend time praying yeah and and just that that i don't have time to pray and it's like how much mental energy do you expend on troubleshooting your problems fretting things like that yeah it is not more work to just bring those things to god yeah in terms of mental energy exerted yeah yeah that's good now worry worry is the trigger to pray or it can be the opposite of prayer depending on how you use it yeah but but if you can train yourself yeah to say oh this is this means i need to be praying yeah um i find that very very helpful yeah that's great that's great any other thoughts i think that's all, that's all that i have right now well good thanks dad well listeners i hope this has been helpful to you more than that i hope you pray <laughs> I hope you do it. That it's very easy to talk about prayer. Um, it's it's much harder to do it. And so I would encourage you. Um, anything big starts small, and and just take five minutes during your quiet time to devote to praying for things that are priorities to you. And I would say it's more important to do it for you know consistency over time because that time will increase as you see. The blessing of prayer. Yeah. This is a core discipline, core habit, because I, I know of no man or woman of God who is not a man or woman of prayer. Yeah. I can't say it better than that. So, so I won't. And so that's it. That's our uh, series. Hope it's been helpful to you, and we'll be back with you again sometime soon.